Hey everyone, and welcome back to Moose's Mulligan. It's been on a little bit of a hiatus, but it's great to be back. Unfortunately, right now, sports are on a hiatus as well, but we are looking forward to getting sports back as soon as possible. We're hoping everyone stays safe and healthy out there right now and takes all the precautions that have been issued out. For this show, we're going to focus on the NFL Draft, but first want to go to facebook.com slash mulligans. Give us a like. Our Instagram, at moosestryzak. We're going to be asking you, the listeners, what you think the MLB should do to bring baseball back. I miss it a lot, but we need to be as safe as possible. We also need to protect the players, but there's a lot that can go wrong with the new collective bargaining agreement, and we'll talk more about that on a different show. But that's at facebook.com slash moosesmulligans, or you can go at moosestryzak on Instagram. Our official website is moosesmulligans.weebly.com. All right, before we get lost in the sauce and go division by division so you can see how your team drafted, let's look at my top three drafts and then the worst three drafts. At top three, at number three, I have the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Jedrick Willis Jr. is a great addition at the offensive line. I'm more of a fan of the tackle from Iowa, but... I think he's just as good, potentially could be better. He definitely has a higher uh, floor than the tackle from Iowa, but they did a good job of adding uh, secondary help. They did a good job of adding linebacker help. They did a good job of adding run-stopping, a center, uh, and that put them at number three. At number two, the Carolina Panthers. Derek Brown is fantastic as a pass rusher and run-stopper at the same time from Auburn. They get Gross Matos cheap in the second round as a fantastic edge rusher. They add safety help in Jeremy Chin, who's great from Southern Illinois. Hard hitter. And you have Troy Pry Jr., who's a lockdown corner from Notre Dame, who did a great job. I think they definitely earned a good spot in this draft. And at the top, it's got to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You turn a fourth-round pick into Rob Gronkowski. You get Tristan Wirfs from Iowa, who fell to 13, which never should have happened with the teams that were up there that needed O-line help. And you add a, a flashy name in Antoine Winfield Jr., who can hit hard and play good coverage at the same time. You add running back depth and Keyshawn Vaughn. You add a wide receiver in Tyler Johnson, who's underrated to go for Brady, who already has Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and now Rob Gronkowski. Looking at my worst three, uh, you definitely have to start with Green Bay at number three there. Jordan Love trading up to get him, I'm fine with, but you need to either build around him or you don't trade up to get him. Instead, they add a running back in A.J. Dillon, who's a little overrated. They only add one target to throw to and a tight end from Cincinnati I'm not a fan of. I think they needed wide receiver help for Aaron Rodgers or O-line help, and in the end, they only drafted one guard, one center, one tackle, all in the sixth round. That's a big miss. Next, we're going to stay in New York for both of these. We're going to start with the Jets. I think their first pick was good in Beckton. He's an OKO lineman from Louisville. I think there were better ones still available. But then they just fell off the board. Uh, LaMichael Piran was a little bit of a reach for what they needed. They took James Morgan, the, the quarterback from Florida International, instead of Jake Fromm, which I think is a huge mistake. Just like the Sam Darnold pick instead of Lamar Jackson. Everyone... I did say that. You can go back on the show. I said Lamar Jackson was the number one quarterback in that draft, and Baker Mayfield was the second best. I think Sam Darnold was around fifth in my list if we look at it. So the Jets classically missing again. And the Giants, of course, thinking they can see things that we can't see, get the top spot on my worst draft. Uh, Taking Andrew Thomas at at the tackle position instead of Tristan Wirfs is unacceptable. I think they're really going to live to regret that. 
and I think they drafted really heavy Pac-12, which really hurts. You got UCLA, Oregon. I, I think I think those guys don't stack up to what we saw in the SEC. And the guys they took from the SEC, in my opinion, were kind of the overrated kind. So I think they just flat out missed. So starting in the AFC West, we're going to work our way west to east and start in the AFC. That was a tough decision to see who really won in this division. But actually, for once, I'm not going to rip the Los Angeles Chargers. I think they did a really good job in this draft. You bring in Justin Herbert out of Oregon, who is a very athletic quarterback and has every promise of being an NFL quarterback. I really liked him. I've been saying all year I really hope the Chargers would take him. You add in a really solid linebacker in Kenneth Murray to address the middle there next to Joey Bosa and Joshua Kelly to help with the running game with Eckler. And it's not a bad draft. I think they trading away their second and third pick to get up to get Kenneth Murray cost them a little depth, but it might be worth it when we see the way Kenneth Murray can lock down a tackle that's so hard in the NFL these days. Wrapping up a tackle is so important. And they did take advantage of the deep wide receiver core and adding some late round picks at wide receiver. But again, the Chiefs scared the heck out of me. Not that they had the best draft, but they had the best personnel already. And you add in a running back like Clyde's Edward Hilaire from uh, LSU, who's just got such elusiveness. And when you have a team with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, uh, Hardman, they're already hard enough to tackle as it is. And you factor in that Patrick Mahomes was running around and throwing it to him sidearm and backwards. You add in Clyde Edward Hilaire, who is so elusive. He's going to be fantastic in the Andy Reid playbook. They added a really good tackle I liked from TCU and Lucas Niang. And uh, they, they snuck in a good edge rusher in Mike Donna from, from Michigan, who's been underrated his whole career. Jim Harbaugh didn't play him as much as I thought he should have. And Kansas City, as always, looking fearsome. Now we're looking into Denver. I kind of have them in that middle area. Uh, I love the pick with Jerry Judy falling to 15. I think it's a much-needed target for if they're really going to go forward with Drew Locke. That's fine, I guess. But uh, taking Hamler, I know it's a deep wide receiver draft, so I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I think I think it's a little rushed to take two wide receivers back-to-back. They tried to address their defense with a DB and a DT. Uh, I don't think they fully addressed their needs on the defensive secondary and on their offensive line. I think that's where they missed out. We always say you want to keep your quarterback healthy when you have your franchise quarterback. I'm not saying Drew Locke is, but usually you'd start by building your O-line, D-line, and secondary, and they seem to be missing that in Denver. Another team that doesn't seem to understand that is the Raiders. They've never really had a good O-line since uh, I've really started watching sports growing up, and the first thing they do is add Henry Ruggs, who's a really... Uh, unique talent so I'm always fine with that in the first round you want to take those guys that are unique talents but they really fell off at the end taking two more wide receivers uh, a safety from Clemson who might be a little overhyped because he went to Clemson and they missed on the O-lineman they, they didn't get to one until the fourth round and it was John Simpson a guard it wasn't a tackle and I think they really needed help to keep Derek Carr upright or if they want to draft Trevor Lawrence next year you draft a bunch of O-line this year. It was a pretty good draft for O-line. And usually if you know you're going to try to get somebody next year, you would, you would build the line now. But I think they missed out on that a bit. Moving over to the AFC South, we're looking at my real winner is Tennessee. They didn't have a ton of picks. They had six, you know, in the day and age where we see some teams have 12 and some have one. They're right in the middle. 
but Brave Bull has really proven he knows what he's doing. They go out and get a great offensive tackle in the first round from Georgia, proved he could do it in the SEC consistently. They go and add a, a DB from LSU who proved they could do it in the SEC consistently in Christian Fulton. Uh, the, Isaiah Wilson and Christian Fulton were a perfect fit for what Tennessee needed. They didn't have a lot of picks later in the draft, which is usually where I say you make your money, but they do a good job in getting a run stopper and uh, Merkinson out of NC State, uh, a late ad and a quarterback from Hawaii, Cole McDonald, for depth. And I, I, think they, I think they did a good job of addressing their needs. Now, two and three in this division were a little harder. I put Jacksonville at two, actually, because they did a great job of of dealing with what they had. They had a bunch of picks, and they don't have a lot going right for them, in my opinion, right now as a franchise. They're, they might have missed their window with their defense. Calais Campbell's in Baltimore now, but they do a great job. They get a great DB early in C.J. Henderson, which is so hard to find. Uh, you add in uh, Chison from LSU. You can see I'm going to be big on people from the SEC. That's because it's like the NFL's minor league system, but it's a different topic. And I think they did a good job in picking and choosing where to take the wide receivers in this draft. It was a deep draft, and Chenault Jr. out of Colorado was one of the reasons. They were so elite this year. They pulled a few upsets that were great, and he was on. He was their big guy. He was, the, you know, we always say who's the guy, and he was it for them. With so many picks, Jacksonville did a good job of getting some safety, some DB, some linebackers, and some offensive skill players for what is definitely needed on that team. Would have liked to see a little more O-line to make them number one in this draft for me. But putting them, putting right behind them is the Colts, and I think the Colts had a great uh, day two of the draft because they didn't have any picks in the first, but their second and third round picks were great. Got a great wide receiver from USC, Jonathan Taylor, who's a great running back, and a good safety in Julian Blackman. But I think they really fell off on day three. Jacob Easton's a quarterback with attitude problems, not a great work ethic, work ethic, and you already have Jacoby Brissett and Rivers, yes, on one-year deals, but I don't see the reason to keep Easton even after one year right now. Uh, I am throwing shade at them for not taking Jake Fromm especially with him still on the board in four. If you're going to take a quarterback that you want to hang around, it's going to be Jake Fromm. I think that hurt. I think they had some six-round picks there that they really could have done more with, actually, to address their needs in the O-line department, but instead they focused more on defense, which is fine. And last in this draft is Houston. They only have five picks because they made some bad trades as it was, and there's not much they could have done with five picks to address their needs. I think they waited too long to, and took Charlie Heck out of North Carolina, the offensive tackle one. We still had two great lineback, uh, linemen from Notre Dame available in the second round, and instead they went with a DT, which I don't. Houston always seems to do that. Moving on to the AFC North, this quietly was the best division in the draft. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to be the most talented division, but I think they had the, one of the best drafts, if not the best draft, of any division. I mean, Cincinnati having the first pick, that's always a, a, you know, a great advantage, but Joe Burrow is the pick, and they did the right job. They took him, and T. Higgins slipped to the second round. Touchdown T from Clemson. That's an impressive combination. They go out and add in some great out, an outside linebacker and Akeem Davis-Gaither who can get to the quarterback, and Logan Wilson from Wyoming who's great at wrapping up tackles, and they did a really good job of drafting with what they had, of not having any real extra picks, but being the first in every round, they did a good job of that. Cleveland was right behind them, and I think they had a great draft. You add a 
offensive tackle that they desperately needed from Alabama. Perfect fit in Jedrick Willis Jr. And you add in a strong safety with Grant Delpit. They really needed help in their secondary there, especially ending runs. We saw so many runs that got out of hand, especially that 49ers game. And they, they added who I thought was an underrated tight end from Florida Atlantic who played under Lane Kiffin and Harrison Bryant. They, they, addressed, they addressed some serious good needs because Harrison Bryant is also very good at blocking. And uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones of Michigan is a skills player, special teams guy that was desperately needed as well for, for Cleveland to finally be well-rounded. And Baltimore, of course, with their talent, they had a great draft. They had Patrick Queen on the inside. Every time they draft a linebacker, I'm scared of Baltimore. Uh, they had J.K. Dobbins, who's a solid running back. Uh, I think they got a real steal in Tyree Phillips, a great O-lineman from Mississippi State. It's hard to be an O-lineman in the SEC as it is, let alone when you're going against uh, Georgia front front, LSU front, you know, and, and, and he, he did fantastic. And uh, underrated Bredesen, who's a guard from Michigan, they ran a lot, a lot of swing routes, and he's good at getting out on the edge and, and making that impact block. And I put the Steelers last. They gave up their first-round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick, which doesn't look bad. Uh, in this draft, Minka would have been a great first-round pick still, so that pays off. But they didn't have as many picks as I'd like them to have in the situation they're in. They are kind of hanging around mediocre. Uh, I think Kevin Dodson trading to that, uh, get that pick. You know, it's very important for them to get a guard to help keep Big Ben upright. So next, we're finishing the AFC with the AFC East, and don't get lost in what I say here, but the Miami Dolphins had a fantastic draft, and that's because they weren't drafting for this coming year, but the year after. Take Tua Tailoa to see how healthy he is. He's got a lot of talent. And you take Austin Jackson from USC, who's a tackle that's young. Uh, he's had great coaching at USC, but he's young. He's got a lot to learn still, and that's that's what Miami needs to be looking for. And they did a great job of adding Robert Hunt. That'll be next to him at the guard position. And I think they did a good job of really hitting O-line hard. They took, I think it was two guards, two tackles, and then they took uh, two rushing ends and two DTs to help stop the run. That's where it starts. And they did a fantastic job of drafting and adding depth for their future. Not next year, but maybe the year after. And of course, Buffalo, again, they're, they're impressing me. Uh, Epineza from Iowa, very underrated edge rusher. Zach Moss is an underrated running back from Utah. Just classic Buffalo taking all the underrated guys. And Jake Fromm fell to them in the fifth round. You got a mobile quarterback like Josh Allen and he gets knocked out. I want someone I can trust immediately. I'm very disappointed in the NFL for how long they let Jake Fromm sit there for his experience. And the idea of being a gamer, it's really underrated these days in the statistical era to have someone like Tom Brady, to have someone like Jake Fromm that may not light up a skills test, but will light up in what matters most in football, the scoreboard. And I think they did the best they could with the picks they had, Buffalo. Always, they always seem to get the underrated guy. Now, New England had a bunch of picks like always. They were trading all over. I think all but one of these picks was actually involved in a trade. Yet, uh, An Anthony Jennings, the outside linebacker from Alabama, was the actually only true pick the Patriots had from their true position to draft. But they, they added a safety, an edge rusher, uh, the, the classic Patriots. What surprised me was they drafted two tight ends back-to-back. Asias, -back. Uh, I can never say his name, from UCLA, and Dalton King from uh, Vatek. But like always, the Patriots add depth that we won't see until they're better coached by Belichick. 
they see something we don't. We just got to accept that. My one issue is that they took no quarterback and they took a kicker from Marshall in the fifth round when Jake Fromm was still there. They may see something I don't see in Jake Fromm or vice versa. I may see something that they don't see. But I thought that was a perfect fit in the fifth round right there. I think that kicker would have made it to one of their four sixth-round picks, which they ended up trading away anyway. And lastly, the Jets, of course, disappointing me. I think the Jets had a great first first day. I think Becton is a good old lineman. And like always, they fell off the Jets. Uh, James Morgan from Florida International is... They brought him in to literally hold the clipboard for Sam Darnold. I would rather have Jake Fromm there. That was, that was disappointing to me. And I think the the running back pick of LaMichael P. Ryan was, was a little bit of a reach for this, for this team. And they had a lot more depth issues than running back. Moving over to the NFC now, looking at the NFC West, I was really impressed with the Arizona Cardinals drafting. This is how you do it. They go out, they get a great outside linebacker from Clemson and Isaiah Simmons, one of those freak talents. And what's the first thing they do in their next pick is take a good O-lineman in Josh Jones with experience. Uh, running a Houston offense that was very spread out will be great for Kyler Murray to have a tackle that's used to that. They go and get Lecky Fodu, who's a run stopper from Utah. They go and get Richard Lawrence to address that issue as well. And they take Evan Weaver on the inside to help with the tackling. And Eno Benjamin is underrated. I got to see him actually play in person against U of A. And he did a great job at Arizona State. He's a reliable running back to have in the backfield after trading David Johnson away. Now, it was tough for me to pick the rest of this division because it's kind of hard to tell right now. San Francisco didn't have a lot of picks. I think they were getting improperly ripped for their trades. I think they did a good job with what they could with the salary issues they have. Uh, Kinlaw out of South Carolina is good for what they could get mid-first. Uh, I think uh, adding a wide receiver was needed. And adding, you know, you, you, you lose Emmanuel Sanders in free agency. Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State's a good addition. And they did draft an offensive tackle. It was later than I would have liked, but they didn't have a lot of picks. We look at the Rams... And they must see something I don't because some of these picks like Van Jefferson from Florida, I thought there were better wide receivers on the board. But give it to Sean McVay. He's been very successful in picking his personnel except for uh, Jared Goff to this point. I was the one who said don't hate Jared Goff so early. And then he had a good year. And then I said don't get carried away. He may not be that good. So I know it's hard for you guys to keep up with me on the Rams. But I think they did the best they could. They had a ton of picks. And we'll have to see how they play out. And you just got to trust Sean McVay's eye and his uh, personnel that he brings in. And then Seattle, like always, doing weird things, in my opinion, making some interesting picks and trades. And I think their best pick was definitely the uh, Alton Robinson pick in the fifth round. He really slipped from Syracuse. They always do a really good job with their edge rushers in Seattle. So I'd be interested to see how he does there. All right, now, in the NFC South, I want people to take notes. This was a fantastic draft for two teams in here. First was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they turned a fourth-round pick into Rob Gronkowski before the draft even happened. That's fantastic. And what's the first thing you do after you get a great quarterback and you have great wide receiver talent? You get a left tackle to protect that quarterback. Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa. Fantastic pick. I will get to it, but the New York Giants definitely missed on this one. That was the best O-lineman in the draft, in my opinion. Strong, 
smart kid, not going to be a problem off the field, fantastic pick. You add a safety help, and Antoine Winfield Jr., just the name alone gets you excited. You add Tyler Johnson from Minnesota, really underrated wide receiver, had a great year in the Big Ten. And you add some great depth on defense, much needed. The other team that I think these two teams might have had the best two drafts, to be honest, if you put them one and two, was Carolina. Derek Brown is a fantastic DT. Channel 5 News, he wore number five. He was always making highlight plays and at Auburn, especially in the SEC. Fantastic talent. You had Gross Matos from Penn State, super underrated edge rusher that should not have slipped to the second round. You had a DB in Troy Pride Jr. from Notre Dame, fantastic. And you had a run stopper like Bravion Roy from Baylor, who's underrated as well, fantastic draft. Atlanta did the best they could with the limited picks and money they have. They're still kind of screwed themselves. They kind of missed their window, but you, that's what you take. You need DB help, you take AJ Terrell from Clemson. You need help stopping the run. You take Marlon Davidson from Auburn, who is the backup to Channel 5 News, who I just spoke about. Uh, I think Mark Hennessy is a good center. They did the best they, they could with the picks they had. And one of my biggest disappointments in this draft was the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I've not been happy with Sean Payton's play calling and recent coaching, and I think this draft really reflects that. Cesar Ruiz is a great center, but you just drafted one last year. Why are you wasting first-round picks consistently on centers? I know you want to keep Drew Brees healthy, but that means you're missing on your picks before. You need to learn from your mistakes on those. Uh, you have Zach Bond, who had attitude problems in Wisconsin. I mean, yes, he slipped in the draft because of it, but I don't understand the idea of you only have four picks. You also take somebody who may be a problem and a tight end like Troutman. I think there were so many more needs the Saints needed to hit. So next, we're going back up north. We're going to the NFC North, and this is a real hit or miss if you look in the draft. Actually, the Lions, for once, were a hit. They did a good job in not taking a wide receiver in the first round. They took Jeff Okuda, who you take the shutdown DB. Chase Young's already gone. You take the shutdown DB, for sure. Uh, DeAndre Swift adds depth at running back. They did a great job. I think the best linebacker from Notre Dame this year, Julian Aquara. And uh, another Ohio State guy in the guard, Jonah Jackson. I, they added depth at uh, guard. They added depth at their DB. They added depth at their pass rushing. Uh, I think we really sleep on Patricia's skill set and that they had a bad luck year last year. And I'm not saying they're playoff bound, but maybe go 8-8. Eight and eight. They're showing signs of being actually a contender a little bit. The problem is, is Minnesota, who is on a tough salary cap, they had a great draft in their own. They added Justin Jefferson at wide receiver, who slipped to 22, which never really should have happened. You look at Jeff Gladney, a great cornerback of TCU. That's that's how you do it. Good job. A uh, little later, there were some interesting picks, but they had so many picks because they're trying to stay under the salary cap. So that I'm okay with that. There were so many picks that you do lose some talent and letting some free agents walk, but you don't have the money, you gotta do the best you can with what you got. They had some O-line depth, they had some DB depth, especially Harrison Hand, underrated from Temple. And now we get into where I think it was a miss in Chicago. You had a tight end with your first pick that you have in the whole draft. I think that was unnecessary, and I think there were better tight ends in this draft. If you really wanted one, you would've traded up. Uh, I think their pick of wide receiver Darnell Mooney was uncalled for in the fifth round better things out there and they I think they should have been collecting more picks than than what they did in this draft lastly Green Bay seems to be really full of themselves in my opinion 
you go out and trade up to get Jordan Love, and then you go ahead and waste your picks on not actually adding skill players for Aaron Rodgers. I'm a little confused. They do have some good wide receivers, but they've been injury prone. I think the the linemen they took in the sixth round doesn't compare to some of the skill players they could have gotten. Even a Donovan Peoples-Jones could have been very helpful in Green Bay, in my opinion, but they missed on that. And lastly, we look to the NFC East, and I think this is the worst division in football, and I think they proved it in this draft. If I'm saying Dallas had the best draft, they took C.D. Lamb. I would have rather seen them with a Jerry Judy type. Uh, that's just my biasness a little bit. But they didn't do a bad job. They added Neville Gallimore, who's needed in their front four if they're going to be running a 4-3 this year. 3-4 he can flex to out of Oklahoma. Uh, they added a center from Wisconsin, Tyler Biadas. I, I know they're trying to recreate Travis Frederick, who retired. Doesn't mean that'll happen. But they did have a good center play last year, so it does add to the depth. Uh, they did the best they could with the picks they had, in my opinion. I just think they reached on a few guys they might like more than I do. But then it's all downhill from here. The Eagles added Jalen Rager, who I like from TCU, and they always need wide receivers in Philly. They always blow it on that. Uh, but they didn't address their tackle situation with Jason Peters getting older. Carson Wentz is so injury-prone, and you go out and you only draft one offensive guard and one tackle, and the fourth and sixth round when you had second and third round picks where there were people available. They're going to use Jalen Hurts kind of as that flex play, that two pick. I'm okay with it, but I thought there were better O-linemen they should have taken out there for sure. Looking at the New York Giants, I'm really disappointed in that they reached for Andrew Thomas. They always seem to think that they have an eye for something that we can't see, and they can because they're special. That pick absolutely should have been Tristan Wirfs. Instead, it's Andrew Thomas. I think they're going to regret that. Tristan Wirfs is going to be keeping Tom Brady upright, which is really going to hurt everybody in the NFC. And uh, I think I think they really reached on some picks. They had a ton of picks this year for once, and they didn't take advantage of it. And lastly, the Redskins. Of course, they have the worst owner in football. It's no doubt that they're going to have one of the worst drafts. You can't miss on Chase Young. Congratulations on getting that pick right. But the rest of this draft, you're taking a wide receiver out of Liberty in the fourth round, which makes no sense for what they're trying to build. You need to be drafting all offense alignment, all defense alignment, or all DBs. And they draft one center, one offensive tackle, um, one, one or I mean, really one real edge rusher in Chase Young. Uh, I wouldn't say James Smith Williams is an edge rusher per se. So I think that was a big miss as well, like always, though, for the Redskins because they traded a pick away for Kyle Allen when you have Dwayne Haskins. What they're doing just doesn't make sense. All right, that's a longer show than we usually do, but it's so great to talk sports again. It's nice to have something to talk about. Uh, make sure to go to facebook.com slash Mulligans and on Instagram at moosestryzak. We're going to be putting up the question a few times about what the MLB should do to bring back baseball, what and how should it be done. Again, facebook.com slash Mulligans. Our official website is moosesmulligans.weebly.com. This is your favorite sports podcast where money talks and BS walks. Go to moosesmulligans.weebly.com. Check out the blog. Thank you for listening to the podcast today, and hopefully we get sports back here soon, but uh, keep, keep sending in the comments. It's the best way to talk sports right now, am I right?